When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Does picking an outfit have you running a little too fashionably late? We get it. Great taste takes time. That's why Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery, has your back with the largest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, delivered in under 60 minutes. Convenience never goes out of style. So if you need to spend some extra time in the mirror instead of at the store, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Hey, Holly. Hey, Dave. How are How you? How are you doing today? I am good. <laughs> I thought we were going to change it up and say, and, and I get to say, how you doing today on the What Difference Does It Make podcast? Oh, well, thank you. It's uh, that's nice to hear. I am uh, I'm doing great because it's a, a wonderful time to learn a little bit about a new culture. We know a lot about radio in the United States, or at least... Yeah, we both do because we, you know, this this has been our world. But your world uh, is a little more expansive than mine. Can you care to elaborate? Yes, because I work internationally. I have my whole career worked in a, the international radio marketplace, and so I have had the opportunity. The way you travel to conventions here, right? Radio conventions, which I do too, but you've met a lot of people that way. Yes. Yes, indeed, I have, and that's where I bring in a lot of my friends to our podcast because I like talking to them. That is also the case with you. I think we should start talking to a few more of my friends, like uh, like the one we're talking to today. Who is? Please tell us. <laughs> oh, you want to no, know? You no, 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 more, no more drama. I need to know. Who's in our neighborhood today? Today, our neighborhood is Denmark. And we are talking to Pally Bo, who is the radio vagabond and also the radio guru. You're going to love him, Dave. I guarantee you're going to love him. And there are more where he came from. Okay. We're going to talk about the songs from 1985. This week, we go through songs 40 to, is it 40 to 31? 40 to 31 on the 1985 K-Rock year-end chart. Excellent. So yes, we're going to talk about all those songs. We're going to learn a little bit about Holly's friend. But before that, we have to learn a little bit about social media. And where can they find us, Holly? You can find us on social media at WDDIM Podcast. And also on YouTube, we'll have clips from this interview, outtakes from our chat with Palabo, and from many, many of our past interviews. So please check us out on YouTube at What Difference Does It Make Podcast. Okay, so let's get right into it on the What Difference Does It Make Podcast. We're going to talk about K-Rock music, but first we're going to learn a little bit about Holly's friend. So let's do that right now. <laughs> Hello. Don't. Dave McPally. Pally. Dave. Hello. Hi, Dave. Nice to meet you. I've, I've, been, I've been listening to you guys, so I feel like I know you already. <laughs> I think you are the reason we have started charting in Denmark. <laughs> really? Thank you. We are like the uh, favorite music interview podcast in Denmark right now. Oh, wow. Something yeah. like that. I, 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 whenever I get those uh, chartable uh, things, it's, it, I always feel like, oh, you dropped on the list. Oh, you went out on yeah. the list of... Ah. <laughs> so you okay you get that too because we're i i'm you know i'm following this thing and it drives me insane for some reason you know with america we're on we're off we're on we're off like there's some small countries Brunei, we've been charting in brunei we're number one in mm. brunei right was that it no. yeah <laughs> it's just it's the sultan yeah I must admit, I'm so sorry if I'm being going to be a horrible guest on this because a lot of the songs I didn't even know. And um, I've never been a music controller of a station. I've been a program director. I've been the host. But yeah, obviously, I grew up with this music. I, I did my first radio show in, in 85. But these, a lot of these, 
were not hits in Denmark or in Europe. So I know a lot of the other songs, but not specifically some of these songs. So we'll just wing it and uh, I'll do the best I can. No, that's all that all that information is good too because we want to know. I mean, we know that there are bands that didn't didn't, mm-hmm. you know, make it here and maybe there's an equivalent in mm-hmm. Europe. So your educated uh, opinion and analysis and your stories. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At the radio professional you are. So let's uh, kind of get started. As you kind as you alluded, 1985, you said that was your first radio gig. Where where, where were you? What was happening? It was in Denmark when um, I started volunteering at this. So it was just, I can, I can talk a lot about how the radio situation was in Denmark because that was so different than the States. Back in the mid 80s was when we went from only having a monopoly radio national public service broadcaster to giving it more free and, and letting private stations start, but without commercials. Oh, okay. <laughs> so okay. We, we had no way of making money other than doing radio bingo. Uh, <laughs> so was it like public radio where listeners had to donate? Uh, or- no, yeah, a little bit, a little bit with the private station, not the public radio, the the, the national uh, government-owned station. They They were like paid you have to pay a fee kind of like a tax like bbc bbc exactly exactly okay was there a format to this station what what was the call letters what was it called where where were you um that was radio randas named after the home city and then uh, a few years later, we started with a friend, a couple of friends of mine. We started uh, our own station that we call Radio Upfront. And then we later changed names to uh, to Radio ABC. But it was never like we wanted to start a company. It was more like we wanted to make radio, the kind of radio that we wanted to listen and, to. And you could do that in Denmark? I mean, your your friends, were they... Were they all in their early twenties? What? How did? Oh, yeah. How does this happen oh, in Denmark? I, my oh. mind's ready to explode with how this happened. Oh, I was in my late, no, early twenties, and I was uh, actually a, a graphic designer or training to be a graphic designer at the time. And I've I've been a DJ for years uh, and loved doing playing music and mixing music and and stuff like that. And I there was just not an opportunity to go into radio because the, the situation in Denmark back then was uh, like there was only the national government owned broadcaster that had a monopoly on radio. So when we wanted to listen to some pop music, we would uh, we would listen to Radio Luxembourg on 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 AM uh, which sounded horrible uh, but we would do that because they had charts. Oh my god, they 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 played the hits and um, Denmark's radio, uh, the government kind of like our BBC, they they had maybe one or two hours in the afternoon playing popular music. Uh, so we didn't have anywhere to listen to that except for Radio Luxembourg. They they had three channels. And just to give you an idea about how the situation was in Denmark, every morning from nine to noon, they would play classical music on all three channels. They would play the same, have the same show on all three channels where that was all we could listen to was classical music every day from uh, nine in the morning to, to, to noon. And it was kind of like they wanted to educate the people what was good taste. So that was what they did on all, no choices. So when they started changing the law and said, okay, now private people can, can start a radio station. It was more like, okay, we will have a way for them to come out and and say what they want. They didn't really think that they, they wanted a, a, a place where, it would be a competitor to Denmark's radio or that there would actually be people wanting to play what Radio Luxembourg was playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I found it so fascinating going into that. I would have my job eight hours a day and then whenever I got off work, I would go straight straight to the radio station and, and do whatever I wanted and um, play around with it. None of us was getting paid. We were just enjoying ourselves and um, and, and doing that. How and did you get the frequency? Well, this was um, the station that was open there. And uh, I guess somebody, they 
applied for it. It wasn't a company that applied. It was more like a, some people going together. Uh, I don't even know the English word for it, but it's, it's pretty common in, in, in Denmark that we have a structure. Like if you, if you start a football club or you start a stamp collectors club, uh, that you, you do that. Uh, we call it a foining, kind of a union of people. Like a consortium uh, sort of? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Uh, and I, I was there uh, for a couple of years. And then uh, at some point, me and a friend of mine, Ola and I, we looked at each other and Ola said, can you raise a little bit of cash? And I said, what do you mean to start a radio station? And he was like, what? How did you know I was going to say that? Because it was never anything we talked about. It was kind of like, mm, can this even be done? But we had the same thought at the same time. And then we got, we didn't have enough money. <laughs> so we got two more friends aboard. And then we had a little bit of cash to, to apply for a license ourselves. And it was never like we wanted to build a company. It was more like we wanted to be able to make the kind of radio that we wanted to listen to, or maybe a few of our friends wanted to listen to. Maybe some girls would be impressed that we were <laughs> on, a, on this cool uh, youth radio station. And now, I like, what is it, um, 30 years later? I'm still a co-owner. We have 17 radio stations now. It, now it's a company. But that was the way it started. It was never our intention to start a company. It was more like fun. I was going to ask about uh, access to the music. I mean, how did you know about the music that you wanted to play? Where, what were you listening to? How did you, you know, like at music clubs? Or where were you going to hear what was new and exciting if could not hear any of that? On uh, How did we do that? Yeah, <laughs> whenever yeah i was yeah, i was just gonna oh we listen to it online and we go and google it no we didn't <laughs> right uh, no whenever anyone was going to england or the u.s they always got uh, some cassette tapes and say please record anything that you can mm. get a hold of for us to be inspired by how did we know what was, uh, what was trending? I have no clue. Uh, obviously, what was selling in the shops, we did charge and we spoke to the local record shops and uh, they gave us uh, um, charts of what was selling. But how we introduced music, because we didn't even have any connections to the record labels. It was so brand new back then. But you were reading Billboard and, I mean, maybe radio and records? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. We did that. We did that. Yeah. <laughs> it's all coming back now. Yeah, well, when you write the screenplay for your movie, this is, you know, you got to yeah, you gotta make you. notes. You, you got to remember these I things. Think, yeah. <laughs> were you on the air 24 hours? Was that, were you able to do that? No, in the beginning, in the beginning, we, we shared the frequency with a Christian station or not even a, a, some kind of different kind of Christianity, but it was a very religious station. <laughs> and there we were, the, the youth station, and we had to share the, the, the time. So I, I remember we had from 6 in the morning to 7.30, and then had to hand the frequency over to them. Interesting. And then we would go off to work, and then, and then we got it back uh, sometime in the afternoon, uh, and we did the afternoon and the nighttime. But there was this youth station uh, that we called Upfront, and then at some point the Christian station shut down, and we had a discussion, should we say this was it? Or should we try to make it bigger? And that's when we uh, decided to make it bigger. And we got 24-hour frequency. And uh, we changed the name. We rebranded the station to Radio ABC. And uh, then it just took off. Uh, we were in around the 90s uh, back then. And then it just uh, took off. And every year up through the 90s, we doubled the ratings every time. So yeah, it was it, was, it really blew up. I think we had one, some, some of the ratings were, when we looked at the, the teenagers from 12 to 19, we had the official rating said 98% of, the, of the, the teens would listen to us at least once a week, but uh, it was crazy back then. Were you the only choice aside from national, from the classical music? Because then you can under, understand yeah, why the kids more, were grabbing. Yeah, more or less, it was like uh, kind of like taking candy from kids. <laughs> there were a few of the other local stations that were doing well in the area that people could listen to as well. So it wasn't it wasn't specifically very good what we did, but um, we, we yeah, it was successful. So the entire teenage population is listening to you. You guys are celebrities mm -hmm. then, right? I mean, oh yeah, people yeah. know. Yeah, so did that develop into like a TV yeah, show or a small local area? I, I know, but still, it's like you know. 
everybody knows they can recognize your voice. They probably, I'm sure you had, maybe in record shops, they had you know, the radio station and pictures of you. Were you a big time celebrity, like a hometown celebrity or what? I, no, I wouldn't say that. No, I definitely <laughs> wouldn't say that. You're just being humble. Because <laughs> like I'm thinking about when we talked with Mark Goodman at, at MTV, you know, they had no idea how big they were until he went to some small town in Idaho that had, uh, that had MTV and he went yeah. to a record store to do some in-store and he's like, and he saw this line around the block and he was wondering, oh, who, who's here? Who's, who's, <laughs> who are they here for? Like, they're here for yeah. you because yeah. that, that's all they knew. That's what they knew. And that's what everyone was listening to. I imagine that you have some stories of that like that. I was doing telephone pranks at, at some point. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. And, and it was, it was, it was, it was actually kind of funny because I knew when they were on and uh, there was a, 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 a busy street and I could see people in the car next to me laughing at what they were hearing. And, uh, that was kind of funny. Mm -hmm. And I remember, uh, also uh, at, at the, at the post office, uh, everybody was going in in the morning for their post, uh, the packages and stuff. And, um, there was a big line of cars and everybody was in the car until the second it, it ended. And then all the doors would open and people would go in. So that made me feel good. That has to be so rewarding, you know, fulfilling. That was so good. That was so yeah. good, yeah. It's crazy to hear the story, you know, from Europeans, from different countries, how private radio came to be, you know, the, the beginnings of private radio. It was like the Wild West. I mean, these stories are fantastic. So early 90s, so grunge, I guess, was uh, was your music choice uh, that, you, that you were playing a lot of? Was that, was that what was going on, like Nirvana and Pearl Jam and the no, like? No, no. I think we were, we were more Stock Aitken Waterman. We were more uh, Rick Ashley. Uh, oh, okay. So it was kind of stuff. Yeah. So it was pop. Like pop. Hard, I, it was yeah. totally pop. Totally pop. Yeah. Okay. And I had high hair and um, huge glasses and uh, <laughs> there are some pictures out there. Okay, we're learning our radio ABCs, but we are going to take a break. And when we get back, we are going to talk about the music that K-Rock played back in 1985 on the What Difference Does It Make podcast. What Difference Does It Make podcast with our guest, Pally Bo. Okay, before we get into the music, <laughs> and of course we wanted to hear about the beginnings, but I need to fill us in on some of the details. First about Radio radio Guru and then Radio Vagabond. Yeah, well, I, I have a production company that I started in 2007 that I call Radio Guru, just because I'm so full of myself. In the beginning, it was 90% radio commercials. Now it's all podcasting. I produce uh, podcasts for Lego and uh, other companies. And then I call myself the Radio Vagabond, which is kind of my side project where I am literally a vagabond. I, for six years, I've been traveling full time. It's very rare that I'm in Denmark. I am in Denmark right now, but I, I'm, I, I travel full time and call myself the Radio Vagabond and I do a, a travel podcast called The Radio Vagabond, where I tell stories and talk to people I meet on the streets and um, all over the world. I've been to 103 countries right now, and I intend to visit them all. So it's a passion project, and I enjoy doing it. I've done 220 episodes so far, and I do it both in Danish and English. And now we're out of time. And now, thank you for your time. I know, exactly. <laughs> So we are going to talk music. This is uh, from 1985. These are the songs 40 to 31 that was played on the world-famous K-Rock in Los Angeles. And, oh, uh, fantastic station. We're, okay, so what they say the world-famous K-Rock. What does K-Rock mean to you? When I look at stations in the U.S. that I was totally inspired by, it was obviously C-100. Uh, from New York and uh, Kiss FM and, and K-Rock are on the top of my mind. So let's talk music, shall we? We're going to go through these songs. So number 40 is Depeche Mode. It's called A Heart. There's something beating here inside my body and it's called a heart. You know how easy it is to tear it apart. 
I watched this video and it was like the opposite of uh, Duran Duran video. They're like in a cornfield and it's just, it's not glamorous at all. How did you become aware of Depeche Mode? Well, I remember them mostly from when I was still in school. I wouldn't say that I was a big fan of them, but I did like, especially the speak and spell in 81, something like that. But it wasn't like I was blown away. My favorite song would probably be Master and Servant. This one I've never heard before. I yeah. must admit, I've, it was never a big thing in my life. I did not remember the song, Dave, did you? No, this was the first of three songs that are on the charts. The, the other two that we're going to get into are higher up the charts and more well-known. I looked on Wikipedia and the guys in Depeche Mode did not really like this song at all themselves. So. <laughs> <laughs> they actually said that. Yeah. <laughs> they put it on the singles album that they released. Yeah. They recorded it yeah. like, I don't know what to do with this. Well, we got it. It's a fully developed song. Let's put it on a B-side. And K-Rock liked to do that, like especially with bands that became huge, like Duran Duran <laughs> and The Cure. They would flip over, play the B-side, or you know, if there was some other lesser known song, they... They played mm. it. I mean, even though they did make a video for it, a bad video, no matter what, we could play something from Depeche Mode because this band is exploding and, and it's going to react. And back in the day, you would not necessarily have called it a bad video. We weren't judging them the same way. We just wanted to see them. We were just, you know, clamoring for this stuff. I don't know. Do you remember this video? I don't even think this was played at no. all. I mean, they're no, in a cornfield. It's for, even then. Oh, this is ridiculous. Why, why are these English boys in the cornfield? What's half? Why are you... You might. I'm an easy audience. All right. <laughs> Come on. Let's keep it moving here. I'm kind of curious oh, as, as to yeah. your take on, um, well, first of all, Oingo Boingo is an L.A. band. Danny Elfman. I'm sure you know Danny Elfman. This is from the movie Weird Science. It's the title track. And I'm. Uh, do you know Weird Science and Oingo Boingo I, and Danny well, Elfman? Well, Give me. I want to hear all three. What's? <laughs> well, you sent me the link to the song. And when I clicked play, I thought, have I heard this before? <laughs> the name didn't say anything but i can't really remember that i heard the song and then i thought okay weird signs that's a movie and then i want uh went and found the movie trailer and i was like i remember that that was so crazy and these kids making this gorgeous woman on a computer and it was like oh my god i remember just Loving that movie, and <laughs> then I saw the trailer, and I thought, I don't think I would be a big fan of the movie right now. <laughs> but what can you say about me and movie taste? I, I, one of my favorite movies back then was Howard the Duck. So you're that one guy. All right. <laughs> yeah. That it was like they created the perfect woman. Uh, wasn't she also the actor who was in The Woman in Red? Yeah, so Kelly I, LeBrock. Oh yeah. my. God, yes, yeah. I was, I, yeah, in in my late teens, early twenties, and I was just with my eyes glued to the screen when she came on. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? So you remember the movie, you don't no. necessarily remember the song. What about the other, what we called Brat Pack movies in that genre with those same actors? Yeah, you see, I, I had to Google that as well because uh, the, the term Brat Pack didn't ring a bell. And then, oh, I get it. I get it. Uh, St. Elmo's Fire. Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah I remember seeing uh, a lot of those movies. Uh, but, but when you it comes to a favorite of the Brat Pack movies <laughs> that I now know it's called. 
I would probably say St. Elmo's Fire is the one that stands out for me. They also had a great soundtrack. Well, you had us at Howard the Duck, so, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Uh, these movies all had our favorite music at the time. I mean, all, mm, all, you know, 16 Candles and Pretty in Pink had all Mm, of our, I mean, those soundtracks to us were were everything at the time. Yeah, Yeah, it it was a kind of pot soundtrack, pot movie, yeah. All right, we're going to 38, Duran Duran, The View to a Kill. The boys are, uh, I'm sure you watched the video with the, the boys, are, uh, they all take on different characters, photographers, a blind guy, one guy, you know, Roger's in the, at headquarters. I'm sure everybody had their favorite Duran Duran member. What, what are your memories of Duran Duran? I absolutely loved everything they did, and I loved their vi- music videos, uh, and uh, always so glamorous. We had uh, in Denmark a little bit of a special relationship to John Taylor. He was the boyfriend of a Danish supermodel. We kind of took ownership of him, but all of them were great. And I I loved everything they did. Wild Boys, uh, Girls on Film, Is There Something I Should Know, Hungry Like the Wolf, I Can Go On. It was like hit after hit after hit. Uh, So yeah, I, I really, really loved them. Crystal tears Fall of snowflakes On your body First time in years To drench your skin Lover's rosy stain A chance to find The feelings for the flame A chance to die Now that we are at number 38, I just want to remind you I'm, I'm wearing a special T-shirt just for this one. My T-shirt says, my name is Bond, Radio Vagabond. At the end of a View to a Kill video, Simon LeBond gives his name. Excuse me, I'm true. Bond, Simon LeBond. I didn't remember. Oh, you didn't that. watch the very end? You have to stick it. Oh, stick. No. It's only three and a half I had minutes a lot long. To watch. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even watch the end. What? I mean, that was the the whole video was uh, was spectacular. You need to revisit that. That's yeah. you know, it's Duran Duran being. It was, it was very cheesy, and uh, and Duran Duran yeah. just kind of uh, just jumps right into it. So this is yeah. this is you know. But this this sentence actually came to me just before uh, me and uh, my my youngest uh, kid we, we were on our way to North Korea and uh, I had a wristwatch with a video camera and uh, I would I I said I'm going to be filming where I'm not allowed to be I was, filming oh and God. and then I said my name is Bond Radio Vagabond and uh, we were just laughing and so yeah I I did, uh, I did I did I did do some videos from North Korea, so I, I'm probably not going back. That's going to be a whole other somewhere. podcast because I'm curious about like like that whole. I'm sure like get just the fact that you were able to get into North Korea. I'm sure this is. I, I'll have to listen to this podcast because apparently I, I'm sure there there is a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, very cool. Of all the places to take your. His kids are adults also, so yeah. of all the places yeah. to take your That's kids That's great that you got them there. That's amazing. Yeah, Ooh. and we got out again. And then I was filming while she was having her bag searched. Uh, and, uh, yeah. We both made it out alive. You have a video camera. Do you still have that? Like a bond. It sounds like you a ha- bond. Uh, do you have a cue? Who is your cue? Who's, who's hooking <laughs> you up with these things? I, I, I could tell you. But then... <laughs> yeah, okay. Fair enough. Number 37, Kate Bush running up that hill. All right. Are you familiar with Kate Bush? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Obviously, uh, uh, I was blown away when 
Weathering Heights was out. And right. The, the voice was just like something I'd never heard before. It was like, how is that even possible? Right. And the other one that I remember is this one, Running Up That Hill. I've bought an album with her or but I, I like the music but it's, it's kind of one of those where yeah it's good but it's not so, something I would put on okay that's just okay. just the opposite of me but I, the video is interesting in that she is not lip-syncing she's doing her she's doing a dance oh. and it's just one of a kind I mean this she was oh. always breaking down doors and like okay you know I'll make a video, but uh, I'm going to be, uh, it's just going to be all dance. Yeah. It preceded everything else of, you know, like a dance video. It's, uh, you know, wow. I think it's just amazing. If you know, David Gilmore, she does um, the, on YouTube, you can pull up her and David Gilmore singing, running up that hill. And it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Oh, now I'm definitely going to put it on. I mean. In your the, spare time. Totally. <laughs> when you're on a plane, pull up, listen to it. Yeah, go through a little bit of Kate Bush because I, I mean, her work just it's, it's it's like an onion. It's just layers and layers, and you just keep discovering new amazing uh, elements to each and every song. When I'm offline on a plane, yeah, yeah, exactly. Did you know about the thing with a deal with God that it was the label that wouldn't allow her to have that be the na- the full name of the song? I had no idea. So why was that? Well, you know, record label that's safe. Maybe they didn't want, not maybe, I mean, they just didn't want God in the title of a song. Joan Osborne had a big hit with One of Us, and yeah. there was the XTC song, God. I, I don't know. You know, Don, John Lennon had a song called God. It's the subtitle, which I didn't even know. I only thought this song was called Running Up That Hill. Kate Bush, I guess, was intended to appeal to a segment that maybe you would risk offending well, we had Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher. We were very conservative back then, and uh, mm-hmm. I think they didn't mm-hmm. want to offend the moral majority or whatever. We had uh, Tipper Gore trying to ban, yeah, ban things. So, so yeah, I, I'm sure record labels were a little gun-shy, maybe. But this running up that hill should have been a, but I, a bigger hit. But I hit. bet this was only in America. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stuff we care about. Number 36, Arcadia. <laughs> election day wow. this is so this is the offshoot this is uh, this was with who is it nick nick simon, rhodes nick, Ro- and Ro- nick and roger simon, up- simon oh and simon yes and simon we're in arcadia and so this was the opposite of uh this was a, a, i actually after listening to this song as opposed to power station which is just I mean, it was banging on, it was like bang, banging it over your head, like the, these songs, because of, you know, it was all percussive and, and just like, you know, really intense. I, I think I, I like the Arcadia Election Day. I like this a lot better than the two singles that Power Station had. What were your thoughts on Arcadia and Power Station? 
I, re- I remember the day that it came out and I got my hands on the album and put it under the needle for the first time. I was like so excited because huge fan of Duran Duran and here comes the other stuff. And it was, yeah, it could have been Duran Duran. It was, yeah, it was okay. Now that you're saying the power station and especially some like it hot and with Robert Palmer singing and it was, I like that better. Yeah. I was a little bit disappointed in, in, in election day. I played it a lot and I, I liked it, but it wasn't, I was a little bit disappointed because I was expecting something spectacular. I think that's what they were doing with power station. Like, okay, you, we're, this is Duran Duran times two, like Duran Duran, Duran Duran. We're just going to, we're just going to bang it over <laughs> their head. Like we're, this is going to be a big, big song. And I mean, yeah. yeah, like everyone has mentioned Robert Palmer just added so much to to the band, yeah. to yeah. Power Station. And you're right, Arcadia had the Duran Duran folk. Yeah, and they had they had Simon singing. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Maybe that's why I liked so, it the best. But also, guest vocalist, as we were talking James Bond, um, we had uh, Grace Jones was uh, was on this song, yeah. too. And that's that was kind of a nice little touch. Oh, I had forgotten that. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's a personality as well. I mean, you got your mm-hmm. Barbara Palmer and then you know, Grace Jones adding a little little flair to, to a song. I, I think that was very cool. <laughs> I had kind of forgotten. Well, we still hear Power Station now. It still gets played. You don't really hear uh, Arcadia or Election Day much. I have since put it on my playlist, my main playlist, because I had forgotten about it. And I really do like it. In 1985, they got a little break from each other and created some new music. So, you know, it was like getting a double Duran Duran. So that was... You know, kind of a nice little treat. Yeah. Plus, we had a view to a kill, so it was a lot of Duran Duran going on. Oh yeah, yeah. So that was a, a duet, kind of. We got a little Grace Jones, a little uh, a little a little Simon. The next song, number thirty-five, is also a duet. UB forty with Chrissy Hine doing the Sunny and Cher classic "I Got You, Babe." They say we're young and we don't know. Won't find out like this i love it <laughs> okay did you yeah. did you watch the video i did yeah yeah Just standing think, on an empty stage uh, or, or i mean in with with no audience yeah right i think they are the cutest things i've ever seen <laughs> yeah. I think they were so young and so they just looked so happy. Well, that's what I the just, song is. It's not, you're not going to get uh, any angst out of, uh, I got you, babe. <laughs> no, no. I know. <laughs> but they just look like, yes, of course you're right. I mean, Sonny and Cher always look like they were happy to be together, mm, but this was like yeah. fun. I just loved every, every frame of this. <laughs> yeah. But I, I actually thought that UB40 was uh, bigger in Europe than they were in the U.S., they had a number one hit with uh, Red Red Wine, a Neil oh, Diamond yeah. song. Yeah, they had a couple hits. I guess they, they were good with their interpretation of uh, cover song, doing light yeah. pop reggae songs. Are you a movie guy? Do you remember Groundhog Day? Did you ever watch that? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So many times it felt like Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. So then, so yeah, so you know the Sonny and Cher version of that song. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> And I, I, I love Sonny and Cher, but I, I just... Do you prefer this prefer version? For, for this version, yeah. Real, uh, yeah. I mean, I guess when you're in that that zone, I think that's uh, that's why this song means a lot more to you mm-hmm. than the uh, than the Sonny mm-hmm. and Cher one. And their voices together. Their voices were great together. One time, Michael Stipe and Cher did a version of the song on, on a stage in, uh, in Los Angeles. It's also delightful. Light, happy song, something different for 1985 when, uh, you know, we had to worry about putting God in a song. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I got you, babe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Number 34. Echo and the Buddy Men. 
bring on the dancing horses. Let's party up. Bring on dancing horses. Are you familiar with that going the Bonnie Man? Did you had you heard this song before? I know the name, mm-hmm. and that's it. I know. I I hope you have something to add here because I got <laughs> nothing. I got nothing. I know the name Echo and the Bunny Man. I never heard this song. I couldn't, for the life of me, uh, name any songs that they've done. I'm sure there are some where I say, "Oh yeah, I remember that," but I got no. I got nothing. Okay. You will know many of their songs. to it and it was, I was like, oh, okay next one <laughs> okay and, uh, plus Aww. plus i was running out of time i was more into really poppy music yeah stargate and waterman and rig ashley and kylie minogue and this Vanilla is the opposite Rama. of that that was more my thing uh, <laughs> and looking back it might not have been the best of choices but uh, <laughs> yeah but i was young and i needed the money all right yeah we're good. i was it's young and i needed the money oh my god that <laughs> put that on a shirt Number 33 by ABC, Be Near Me. What are yeah, your impressions I, of that song? ABC, I love them. Poison Arrow, A Look of Love, When Smokey Sings, a lot of their songs. This one, Be Near Me, it was not huge in Danish radio. But the others I, I remember, at uh, it was one of those bands, whenever they came out with something new, it was one of those that I would look out for because I loved the sound of them and uh, they were really good. The message is perfectly simple The meaning is clear Don't ever stray too far And don't disappear No, don't disappear Ever had the feeling Almost broken too Said that you were leaving Like you do did better here than it did in in well in the uk on the k-rock charts this is the the highest ranking uh, it was the this is the third of three and this is the highest wow. ranking one in 1985 the video was also i mean they're, they're playing like toy instruments <laughs> abc was constantly trying different things i i admire their their efforts they they did like this uh, one other song that we watched they were doing like this film noir and this yeah. one, they're, you know, little colorful toys that they're playing. They're, you know, they're, they're trying to make it interesting. Well, really, most of us just wanted to look at them. We didn't really care what they were doing, you know, whether they were playing their instruments or acting, you know, in a scene. We just wanted to see them. Yeah, this song actually made it up to number nine in the United States. And it was even number one on the dance charts. They were still hitting it, hitting it hard. Mm-hmm. Well, let's keep moving to number 32. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just, I know. I, I recognize, I see what's going on. It's like, no just, just, yeah. just pull it, yeah, pull the cord. Another great pop song, Scritty Politty, Perfect Way. I'm not afraid to 
love this song. I love this this guy in his twenties who sounds like he's eleven years old. What are your thoughts on on this song? They got the very very unique Scritti Politi sound. Yeah, uh, my favorite Scritti Politi is probably Boom There She Was, and it's got the same sound. It's very unique sound. It's uh, so Scritti Politi. I love it. Yeah, I love the song. This was their only major hit here. Yes, in in the U.S. I know they did better in Europe. Yeah, so I don't even really remember hearing anything else from them. So Here they were basically one hit wonder. No boom there she was? No. Do you, Dave? I I'm gonna say no. I, oh, just I mean there's listen like, to that. And you oh. will never listen to Perfect Way again. No, I did love that sound. They, it was, they also did one called Oh Patty, Don't Feel Sorry for a Lover Boy. I love that title, right? Yeah. They huh. were a one hit wonder here. Oh, huh. They are your Echo and the Bunnymen. Uh, well, <laughs> well, yeah, I guess so. But it was just like this blue eyed soul type music. Reminded me of like Simply Red and Fine Young Cannibals and like that. All that. There was something, mm. something like dancey, but just kind of still soulful about it. But it was a great, perfect way. I think it's just a perfect pop song. It's aged mm-hmm. very well. There are other songs similar to this that made it big here. And this one didn't. Why? I mean, what's the, the magic formula for something like this for making here? It just seems so random. It's the same with um, what makes it into the charts. And you, you can listen to a song and say, I cannot understand why this oh. isn't a huge thing yeah. all over the world. And uh, just makes it into some markets. These are things we will never know. How many licks does it take to, to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll and, Tootsie Pop? We'll and, three. And, and why some people haven't seen Howard the Duck. Yeah, I know. I'll put it on the list. No, don't say that, Holly, because she will never watch it. She tells me that all the time. I'll watch it. I'll watch it. And then, you know, she's got the list is long, very long. It is long. Speaking of long lists, we've, got, we've come to the end of our list. Here we are, number 31. This is Artist United Against Apartheid. Uh, the song is Sun City. Steven Van Zandt's Pet Project. Did this make it to, is this something that you were familiar with at all? Oh, yeah. It, oh, yeah. it did make it worldwide. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was really played on the radio, not just on our station, but all over uh, Europe, I guess. Oh, it was played on the radio because I've read Steve Van Zandt's memoir, his own words, and when it came out for radio, in the United States, too white for uh, for black radio, too black for white radio. So it wasn't mm. played at all, and it was not played at all until MTV jumped on it. And apparently, mm. it was at like at the right time because they were under pressure to play black artists at the time. Mm. In 1985, they weren't playing any black artists at all. You know, a lot of people were like, "Well, what's wrong with MTV?" So then, this was kind of like a coming together. It was like it had a mixed genre of music, like oh. We, this is something that our audience would like. You know, if it wasn't for MTV, we probably wouldn't have known of Sun City at all.
all the artists I can hear it. So I guess Run DMC and George Clinton and um, Lou Reed and the Ramones. Lou, I mean, that's yeah. you know you wouldn't uh, expect to hear those names in one song. So yeah, but fun. where would you play it here? We know where you know we are. The world gets played. I mean, I remember the song vividly. This is this is my favorite of that type of song. But was it getting played on K-Rock? I can't remember. Well, it's, it's on, on the, the chart. chart. I mean, sometimes it's random. There's no science to how K-Rock put these charts together, as we sort of determined. Well, it was significant enough that they put it at 31. So I, yeah. I, it was so played, but it wasn't... the only one playing it? I'm pretty sure that it got sporadic. You know, maybe on a morning show, they were talk about it, you know. And because Bruce Springsteen was on it, maybe in 1985, he was the biggest artist. So, you know, maybe it got played. But it was not an issue overseas apparently you heard it it was heard all over the place yeah were you familiar with sun city and what was going on in south africa or was it the song that brought it to so yeah okay very much so i mentioned early on that i was a a graphic designer before i went into radio and one of our clients was uh, shell that chose to stay in south africa and we got some at the agency we got some backlash from because we were a danish agency having shell as a client somebody came and painted on on the walls graffiti uh, just um yeah it was it was a bit scary but um, very much um, into the whole we got to do something about uh, the whole south africa thing and Pally, by the way i spent a lot of time in south africa yes cape town More is my recently. favorite country yeah how's that right and if you and on the whole thing about apartheid are you familiar with rodriguez and the whole searching for sugar man thing songwriter singer songwriter from detroit who makes it big in in south africa but is totally unaware of it because somebody takes the money and he works in construction for the rest of his life i actually went to see rodriguez when he came to cape town and did a concert he did a a thing called resurrection tour because everybody thought he was dead Uh, and then it turned out (laughs) that he was uh, alive and well and so he came to south africa on a tour and uh, they did this documentary that won an oscar and a bath great great movie and a an amazing story the reason i'm bringing it up because we're talking about apartheid and he was not aware but his music played a big part because he had some songs about setting yourself up against the establishment and uh, it's okay to speak your mind so his music played a big part in the whole people rising up against apartheid sugar man won't you hurry cause i'm tired of these scenes for a blue coin won't you bring back all those colors to my dreams silver magic ships you carry jumpers coke sweet mary It's an amazing story. That's great. And the music is great. Dave, do you have an opinion, sorry, about Sun City, the song? Oh, I, I love that. I mean, I, I do have, as I mentioned, I have this uh, Evan Zant book, and he had mentioned like there were only three songs before then that, that had actually touched on apartheid. Uh, you know, it was um, Gil Scott Heron had Johannesburg. There was Biko by uh, Peter mm-hmm. Gabriel. Uh, mm-hmm. The specials did Free Ma- Nelson Mandela. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, he did a lot of research to, and he actually went to South, you know, he did a lot of behind the scenes work to actually understand exactly what was going on. Uh-huh. But yeah, just the fact that he was able to create, it, this wasn't a, um, like a, we are the world thing where everyone was in a room. He had to do, it was all by piecemeal. And, uh, the fact that they, uh-huh. they, he was able to put this all together and get all these great artists. Uh, I mean, it's, Phenomenal. I hadn't heard it in a very long time, but it was it was good to pull up that video and watch, yeah. see all these guys again. Love it. Yeah, yeah. This did give people a greater understanding of apartheid mm-hmm. about the situation and I, an understanding about who was just talking about not playing at Sun City and others who were still going to who would who still did. 
I, I think it was also because of our age, like back, you know, like I heard Biko and I didn't really register, but once, yeah. um, you know, you reach like a college age and you start, and because I was a big Springsteen fan, I was, I kind of was paying closer attention. Yeah, it worked because I, I suddenly became aware of this horrible situation. Power of song. Hopefully, yeah. maybe there'll be a Ukraine song or I don't know. There'll be something. When and, were you last in Ukraine? Oh, have you? Yeah. It was in 2016. Yeah, in the beginning of my journey. Back then, I was only doing the podcast in Danish. I didn't do an English episode from there. I did record some with a local that showed me around. I published that in my feed uh, a few weeks ago, uh, the day after they invaded. And then I wrote with her again and say, are you okay? What's going on? And she wrote back to me that we're in just a very short email. She wrote, we're in the bomb shelter. It's hell here in Kiev. And it's such a wonderful, wonderful city. And I really, really feel, yeah, yeah, I can't say enough. But I mean, it's wonderful that you get to travel, that you've had the the opportunity to travel and see see a lot of the, the world. And understand mm-hmm. a lot of these people. You've been to. You said you've been to North Korea. I mean, we, I have no idea yeah. what the people go through, you know, on yeah. a day to day basis. And so yeah. it's. I mean, it's like it's people like you that uh, that kind of brings it brings the story to life and, and makes these country. Uh, you know, hu- you humanize this this by through yeah. these podcasts. Since we've gone through our our whole list, tell me a little bit more about the the podcast and and uh, you know the name of it and how people can find it. Again, it's called uh, the Radio Vagabond, and you got to remember the the because otherwise you get the Danish version and you won't be able to understand much of that. And it's uh, not to compare myself to Anthony Bourdain, but the style is kind of the same as uh, Parts Unknown, where he walks around speaking to uh, the locals and uh, whatever happens. So. I, I bring my microphone wherever I go and I record a lot. So there's a lot of the local sounds in the background. So you can hear the scooters of Hanoi and the mosque in Morocco and um, the different languages on the markets and, and stuff like that. So try to uh, have my listeners be a fly on the wall when they uh, when they listen to the podcast. And yeah, just try to tell stories. And it's my story as well, what happens about the life as a full-time nomad living my lifestyle like this and uh, traveling around the world pronounce your name for us yeah please pronounce your name (laughs) pala it's like palette without the t palette yeah pala 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 well you just let me do it it means balls in italian okay does it really it does yeah i i I was at a conference and uh, i had there was an italian guy said Oh my God! He, I had my name tag on, and he said, "Stay there." And then he went and got his friend, and they were laughing there. Oh, out. that's awesome! <laughs> All right, you you spent a lot of time with us. Thank you. I'm sorry. We I'm not sorry because I love talking to you. All right, it. thank you so much, man. That was great. Thanks, Palace. Appreciate touch, it. Okay. Well, all right. Bye. Cheers. Bye. I love hearing all about how someone who just who clearly loves radio just took the bull by the horns and literally like we're going to do our own radio station. I wish I could do that. I wish you could do that in the United States. It made me very jealous to, to hear Isn't his that story. What we're doing with a podcast? Isn't that what we're doing? Well, we are now. Yeah. I mean, I wish I was in my early twenties and could have done my own thing. I mean, how how awesome! That's phenomenal. I'll bring you more Europeans. How about that? All right. Sounds great. You know, we have new episodes every Friday, don't you know? So please subscribe. Also, we have social media. Where can they follow us there? On social media at WDDIM Podcast and on YouTube at What Difference Does It Make Podcast. Wonderful. Okay, so we still have, we got like three more episodes where we're talking uh, K-Rock music. Who knows who we're going to bring in? If you have any suggestions, please reach out to us. Now you know where to find us on social media. Uh, please send us your comments, questions, concerns, anything. We'd love to hear from you. So thank you for listening. We're so happy to have you. And thanks to Pantheon Podcast. We're a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast family. Until next week, this is Dave. This is Holly. Check you later. Over and out. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 